Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. Sunny and 68 degrees. Today it's 40 below and 12 inches of snow. And I'm telling you, I'm glad to be here. Yes. You hear me? I mean, aren't you glad to be here today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As these people are disassembling and moving, I want to I say something to them and to you. If you just help one person get through the night, you've done a great ministry. You've done a great thing. If one person comes to church and is encouraged... I often don't need it. I feel so good when I get here, and I go home feeling better than when I came. But there are people who sometimes come really discouraged, really in trouble. And if just one person sees the light, just one yes. person gets lifted up in their spirit, it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it to me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, I came all the way home just to see you. Just to be with you. You can be seated. And um, I, I'm going to try to be as concise as I can be today. But I want to tell you ahead of time, I have, I have a thought that will be, it'll be difficult for me to express well. So I'm going to try to tell you where I'm going. The plan of God ultimately is that all of us would be one with him in, of one essence, in one place, that we would be with him. He started the process when you were born. And the process of life, there are many times that you are drawn very close to God. The only separation by times is this this body. I mean, we're full of the Spirit. The only thing that holds you down is this physical body because sometimes your mind transcends the circumstances that you are facing and you recognize the greatness of God and rise above it. How many of you ever, you were sick or troubled or bad things were happening, but somehow by the Spirit you were above that. It just, you weren't held down by the things of the earth and you realized there's something bigger going on here. I just want to tell you that that's what God is about. That's what God does. You don't ever need to give up because it's not up to you. God is doing a thing. God is doing a work. When you get really low, my lowest moments have drawn me to God. My biggest mistakes have proven to me the grace of God. Is that all right? I don't, I, I, maybe, maybe you suffer with the lack of understanding. His mercies are new every morning. Mercy happens because you've made a mistake. Mercy is for people who are in trouble, right? He forgives us perpetually. He has pre-forgiven you. You can't go anywhere that the grace of God is not. Every star is a signal fire of the grace of God. That's how big God is. Every breath that you take is a gift from God. 
He's going to take us from this realm to another realm. And there are times when I'm praising and worshiping with all of you that I feel like I'm in another space. I'm in another place, man. Paul said one time, I don't know, went to the third heaven. There are like seven heavens or something. I was out of here. I just was, I was in glory. And uh, I want you to know that we are going to heaven. We're going to be in the presence of God. And that has already started. Nothing can stop God. Maybe a little bigger amen for that. Amen. Nothing can stop God. All right, I'm going to read from the book of John, chapter 14, and then chapter 17. If you'll turn to John 14, verse 8. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, please. Beginning with verse 8. For some of you today, this message will be pivotal. This will mean a lot to us. John 14, verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Say, I am in the Father. He said, don't you believe I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Right? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. So Jesus is saying simply, I am in the Father and the Father is in me, and at least you can see the miracles and know that it's the Father in me doing his work. Verse 16, please. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Everybody say, with? There's a difference now. He's with you, and he's going to be in you. Everybody say, in. Sounds like Jesus saying, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the Counselor, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit is coming, and he's going to be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You, will also, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So he's talking about a relationship, a oneness. That God is going to be in us. We talk about that as in heaven, but I'm telling you, Jesus declared, there's a state of existence, there's a place where God is in you and you are in God, just like Jesus was in the Father and the Father was in Jesus. Where you have peace. 
where you have surety, where you have faith, you have God in you, and you realize, I'm in God, I'm covered. Do you know that you are full of the Holy Spirit? He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. There are denominations who have identified the Spirit by certain criteria, but God said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on everybody. So you have been filled with the Spirit. I'll continue. Verse number 20, please. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Look at verse 25, please. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If that helps you, would you just say amen? Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Chapter 17, please. John chapter 17, verse number 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. How many of you know that's you and I? We believe because of their message. That all of them may be one. That we would be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, may they be brought to complete unity. Everybody say unity. To let the world know that you sent me. There's a reason for unity. There's a reason for oneness. And that you have loved them even as I have loved you. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me. Because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. And will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The word I'm going to preach to you today is fusion. Would someone, we need an usher. Uh, would you, I need an usher to, to help this precious young lady. Yes. Thank you. Would you just help her, would you please? Help her. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. You can help her. Come on. Just help her gently. She, it's okay. Stay with her. Stay close to her and help her, Craig. It's all right. Grace Place is a place for people who are troubled to come and get help. Is that all right? All right. Just stay close to her. Just help her. Thank you, Craig. 
you should give our ushers a hand for the work that they do. Thank you. Thank you. So he said, the Father's in me. I'm in the Father. We're going to be in you. So there's this oneness. Now, I want you to recognize that's the plan of God. That's his plan. To bring us to unity, to bring us to oneness. Thank you. Thank you. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. I'm laying a foundation for you today. I want to give you a revelation, help you get an understanding of the plan of God and the process. How many of you have ever wondered about the process? You know the plan, you see that God's at work, but I want to know, why am I going through what I'm going through? What is happening in my mind? What's happening in my life? Right? It's hard sometimes to figure out what's the process. I want you to look at 417, chapter 4, verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Notice that this that's working on us right now, these momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. I want to read to you... Um, A definition of fusion. How many of you have heard of nuclear fusion? Fusion. The process or result of joining two or more things together to form a single entity. Fusion is the process of bringing two things into one. The process of causing a material or object to melt with intense heat so as to join with one another, to dissolve, to blend, or unite as if melted together. Fusion. Under intense heat. As a matter of fact, to achieve nuclear fusion, it takes a minimum of one million degrees Kelvin. A million degrees Celsius. That's why we worked to achieve the hydrogen bomb. You know, the helium, the hydrogen, the bombs, the atomic bombs. When two atoms, the nucleus of two lighter atoms, fuse, there is an incredible energy that is emitted from fusion. That's why the world is working on energy from fusion. The sun continues to shine because of nuclear fusion. That's why it's never going to burn out. It's going to be there because of fusion. Two lighter nuclei fuse together and become one heavier nucleus. Two become one. Did you hear what I read from John 17? that they may be one. What happens when there's unity in the house? 
how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's where the anointing pours down. What did Jesus, what did Jesus say about his oneness with the Father? Look at the miracles. Look at the power. Are you staying with me? Are you with me? You getting this? Fusion. When two become one, the process of God fusing you with himself. Two become one. The power and the energy of God that is emitted, it's displayed. The glory of God is displayed because of fusion. If the church can just become one. Now, what's the opposite or what's a different concept is confusion. Fusion is when the two become one. They're melted together. What is confusion? Confusion, C-O-N, means with or together. It's like you take a whole bunch of things, mix them all together. They're not one thing. It's confusion. Many parts, but not one whole. Fusion. Concert, con, with, sero, music. You can have a concert because you have several musicians, several singers, all together singing and playing as one. If you bring them all together and they all sing on key and play on tune, you got a concert. Something with, right? What did Jesus say? Ah, the Spirit will be with you, but now, because I'm going away, He will be in you. It's not going to be two. There's not going to be any confusion. He's not the author of confusion. He's going to make of the two one, a husband and wife, Christ and the church. There's going to be fusion. And the power of the Spirit... Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Our God is a consuming fire. When the Spirit of God moves on you with fire. On the day of Pentecost, there were cloven tongues like as a fire that sat on them. Our God is a consuming fire. The reason that you're going through what you're going through is because the fire of God is forming you. It's burning in you. It's forming you into one with himself. It's called fusion. And I'm telling you the burdens and the, the trouble. He said these momentary, these temporary trials, they're going to work out a great, a great weight of glory in us. Do you hear me? I'm encouraging you today, telling you that God is at work with his grand and great plan. And that is that someday every knee will bow. All of us together will glorify God. And we're in the process now of becoming that, setting us free, burning off of us the things that we hold dear and that we that resist God, the stuff, your ego, your identity. How many of you ever felt the presence of the Lord and you were praising the Lord maybe in a service like this today and you would have been louder, more vociferous, more bombacious, more wild, except the next thought that went through your mind was, I wonder what people think of me. Come on. Just, I got to be careful here. Let's not get out of hand. I'm telling you, there's a lot of times I dance, I can't dance, you know, like real dance, like rhythm people dance. But I can kind of dance like an Indian. 
My wife says I get excited, I look like a spider. I just gotta throw myself around and get so excited I don't know what to do with myself. There's some people that dance really coordinated. But there are times when I feel like just throwing myself crazy because I feel so good in the spirit, I just don't know what to do with myself. Does anybody, do you ever feel that at all? All I'm saying is my light and temporary problems suddenly melt away, and I realize God is great. He's bigger than my problems. He's going to take me through this. He's going to get me out. You don't ever have to give up because it's not your energy. You aren't the fire. He's the fire. And when he fuses with you, there's power greater than yourself. Somebody say praise the Lord. Spark and I were talking about my nephew. Uh, his name is Hunter. He, uh, he got so discouraged with himself. His only, his only church experience is the same root, the same stream that I come from. And uh, there are groups of Pentecostal churches and groups of churches that are very condemning. You go to church, and it's all about legalism. It's all about what you do or don't do. It's all about your performance. And that's all he knew. He didn't know about grace. He didn't know about mercy. Very few times in my background was I informed of mercy and grace and the greatness of God. I was always reminded of the greatness and the bigness of my failures. And so he called his wife yesterday and their young baby, and he said, I cannot forgive myself. And he hung himself. The last words she heard, I can't forgive myself. She called his sergeant. They went over and found him at 4.30 this morning. He had to have committed suicide between his call to his wife and the time that the, the military got to him. I'm saying to you today that there's never a reason for you to give up. The fire that's burning on you now is the fire of fusion. He's making you like himself. He's bringing you around to thinking properly. It might be that he shows you in your weakness there is strength. His grace is sufficient for you. It's to let you know you aren't God, but he will fuse you. Listen to me. I've been discouraged. I know what it feels like to want to give up, but then there's a God who's bigger than me, and I realize he's working on me. He's working on the way I think. He's taking away my ego. He's destroying my identity. He wants me to lose my personality and become one with him. He doesn't want us to be separate. He doesn't want us to be working in one thing and him working on another. We are one. One, Jesus said, I pray. Can you imagine the power of the vapor of his breath when he said, I want you to make them one like we are one. What happened? God said, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to make you one. That's why racial prejudice, that's why misogyny, that's why all of the madness of our prejudices and our bigotry is so off. People get holy about it. It's not holy. It's wrong. God's trying to get us to be one. Well, now that's good preaching. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. How many, of you, how many of you believe that God is at work right now to make us one with himself and make us one with one another? Did I read enough verses to you? Did I need, read the word one enough for you to get it? Let's read. Look at this. Therefore, if anyone is... In Christ, not with him, not a not a beside him, but an inside. 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Listen, once fusion happens, it cannot be separated. Once they are melted together, the two are one. Once God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, and he poured out his spirit, there is nothing that can stop the process of God. And if God's saying, I will, then I'm saying, I will. If he's saying, I would, I'm saying, I would. If he's saying, yes, I'm saying, yes. It's his work. Oh, i got to read on. Sorry, I got it crazy. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. I didn't know what that meant till now. The old has gone, the new has come. You can't go back. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God, does anybody have a King James Version with them? Anybody got a King James Version Bible? This says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. The King James says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God, everybody say in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not, not, excuse me just a minute, not counting men's sins against them. <laughs> I, I got to read that again. Not Counting men's sins against them. Oh, to God, Joe, I could have read this to Hunter on Friday. Oh, to God that I could have told my nephew on Friday because we've had Bible studies and sit around the table and unbelievable arguments. People want to condemn folks. People want there to be exclusion. When God came to this planet to make us all one. Hallelujah to God. Is this making sense to anybody but me? Listen. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in, in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You got nowhere to go. It's cold out. I'm taking my time. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Do you see the change coming here? For as in Adam, you should underline this in your Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I believe that. I believe in nuclear fusion. I believe that given enough fire, given enough heat, you can put two together and they'll become one. And the energy that comes out of that is greater than if they were separated. Do you understand? That's why God involved you in the plan. It's better with you here. The kingdom is better because of you. This church is better because of you. Hallelujah. Each in his own turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come. Watch this very carefully, please. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all and in all. Now we're looking way down into the future at the plan of God and God will be all and in all, all things, everybody, all things will be reconciled to God. Look at me. Everything is going to be made right. All of the doctrines that speak of some place, somewhere, out in the universe, that God is not going to be able to somehow eradicate or correct or make right. No, he is a consuming fire a million degrees Kelvin a million degrees Fahrenheit a million degrees Celsius he will bring everything together and fuse it into himself and he will be all and in all in one glorious display of his power God will do in the end what he is doing individually in you That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. I'm not concerned about people who think their addiction or their sin is somehow bigger than God's grace. It's not true. I'm concerned that they don't know that his grace is sufficient. I think there needs to be a church somewhere that, that says Jesus is all and in all. That his blood, his power, his fire, his spirit, they are enough to make us one with him. I'm going to give you a final, my final uh, example. Jacob was in the process of fusion. When Jacob was born, he was a twin. His mother felt the twins moving in him, in her, and said to God, what is this? He said, there are two nations in you, and the elder will serve the younger. That's a big deal, because we're talking about the verses we read. When you're in Christ, you're a new creature. The first birth that you had submits to the second birth, the new birth. 
Esau was firstborn. When Jacob was born, he had a hold of Esau's heel. Actually, Esau was born with Jacob hanging on to him. And Jacob was called Jacob, which means deceiver, usurper, liar. Jacob is born second. That's the Holy Spirit birth. Esau is born first. That's your natural birth. God goes to work on Jacob to fuse him into the plan. Jacob's a liar. The next thing we see about Jacob is his brother comes home hungry from hunting and Jacob sells his brother a bowl of soup for his birthright. So he's a conniver. He's a, he's a conniver. He's a con man. This is called confusion. He steals the man's birthright because he's so hungry. The next scene we see, Isaac says to Esau, his oldest boy, go kill game and make me dinner like I like so much and I'm going to bless you before I die. Esau goes hunting. Jacob's mom says, I just heard your dad send Esau out for some food. You go get me two young kid lambs. Bring them in. I'm going to make some food just like he likes. Then you take it to your dad, and he'll bless you. We're talking about mom and boy now. And you know the story. They took the goat skins and put it on his arms and on his neck because Esau was such a hairy guy, and Jacob is a smooth guy. She takes some of Esau's clothes that stink like the field, puts Jacob's clothes with cologne on the collar away and Jacob takes the food to his dad and his dad says who are you? He said well I'm Esau. Everybody say liar. liar. He said well come here Esau and he grabs him by the neck and he feels that hairy neck and he grabs him by the arm and he feels that hairy arm and he said it's the voice of Jacob but this is you smell like Esau. And he ate. He blessed Jacob and gave Jacob Esau's blessings. When Esau finds out about this, he's really angry. And he said, I'm going to kill Jacob. Well, his mom hears that. His mom hears Jacob is now uh, in trouble. And I'm just going to go quickly. Genesis 27. I want to I show you something. Genesis 27, 20. Genesis chapter 27. When his father asked him, how did you shoot that game so quickly? How did you do that? Jacob answered his father, verse 20, the Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Everybody say, your God. Not my God. Your God. Chapter 28. Chapter 28. This is after Jacob leaves. It's running from his brother. You know the story. He makes a pillow out of a stone and he sees 
Jacob's Ladder. How many of you have heard of Jacob's Ladder? It's a great old story. It's just cool as it can be. But it says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. This is 28.10. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway reaching, resting, excuse me, on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. He didn't say, I'm your God. He said, I'm the, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac, and I'm going to give you and your descendants this land. And he, he goes on and says, I'm going to give you everything that I promised to you. And Jacob wakes up and says, this has got to be the house of God. It's still not the God of Jacob. I want you to watch the process because some of you know about God. And what you are in now is the process of fusion. You're going to know God. It's not going to be outside of you. He's going to be in you. Listen to me right now while you're alive. It's not a revelation for heaven. He's doing a work of fusion, and the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning in you to make the two of you one so that you think like him. You say, well, I I don't do very well at that. You're not finished yet. The power of God will come through your life. You say, well, I don't know that doesn't happen very often. It will. He's not finished with you. You're being fused. And Jacob says, your God gave me favor. God speaks of himself and says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac. Chapter 31, please. Verse 53. We're watching the process of Jacob. And the process of fusion, chapter 31, verse number 53. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. We've come down now several chapters, and Jacob still doesn't know God for himself, his God. He keeps referring to him as the God of Abraham and Isaac. Chapter 32, verse 9, please. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. Would you read verse 10 with me? Verse 10. Would you just read this aloud? I only got one other place to go. I am unworthy of the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. He felt unworthy. The hardest thing I have to do in my life, the hardest work I do as pastor, is to convince Christians that they're worthy. You get somebody that doesn't know Scripture that's never been exposed, and you can talk to them about Jesus, and they just delight in the good news. But you get people that have been around a while who've been working, thinking, I've got to do this. There's not enough fire in you to fuse you with God. There's not enough energy in you to fuse you and make you one with God. God has to do the work. It's the work of God. 
and he's doing it right now. It's not, you say, well, I'm confused and I don't know, I don't see any progress. Yeah, you're in the fire right now. You're exactly where God wants you to be. You are exactly, oh, I'm discouraged, I'm so low. You are exactly where God wants you to be. Because he'll come to you in that lowest place and you'll realize it wasn't me. I couldn't get up by myself. I couldn't stop this drug addiction. I couldn't stop smoking. I couldn't quit drinking. I couldn't stop cussing. I, I, I just couldn't stop. I was a mess. I, I had no strength. Yeah? Yeah, well, Jacob sees the same process. And here he says, um, I'm unworthy. I, I'm, just, I'm just not worthy. And then if you'll look at verse 35, uh, chapter 35, excuse me. And this is the final chapter I'll look at with you. Genesis 35, 1 through 4. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. Years have passed now. Years, decades have passed. And God says, Go there. So Jacob said to his household and all who are with him, Get rid of the foreign gods. I have found God. Let's get rid of all the other gods. Do you see this in it? I've found the Lord. There's a God. There's one God. Get rid of all the foreign gods that you have with you. Purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let's go up to Bethel where I'll build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress, who has been with me wherever I have gone. Oh, Jesus, i got to stop. I'm sorry, I'm going on and on. I believe, and I preach in this church today, that God has been with you in your distress, in your failure, your deception, your thievery, your lies, the mess, the mess. Jacob finally realizes God was with me in my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. I preach to you today that God's been with you every day, every moment. He never left you. He never failed you. That God has been with you everywhere you've ever gone. He's been working on you, and because it hasn't happened yet, and because you don't think you're holy, and because you feel like you're unworthy, doesn't mean that the process of fusion isn't happening. The fire of your trials the fire of your doubt, the confusion and the pain that you felt inside when you've, when you've actually denied the Lord. All of that is working to bring you to the same place that Jacob came and said, let's get rid of these other gods. He's been with me the whole time. And the final verse 6 and 7, please. Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that's Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar and he called the place El Bethel because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Bethel means house of God. El Bethel means the God of the house of God. He's my God. I preach to you today, fusion. He's making you one with himself. Trust that that's the plan of God, not just for heaven. But that's what he's doing in your life right now. The Holy Ghost is at work in your life to make you one with God. He's also working with everybody else.
on this planet. Every church, every priest, every pastor, every Sunday school teacher, every person on the street, everybody, everywhere in the world, God is working on it because he's going to make us one with himself. Thank Would you, you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.